You're listening to Dental Talk from VivaLearning.com. Today we'll be discussing using selective etch to avoid postoperative sensitivity. Our guest is Dr. Rolando Nunez, currently the manager of clinical affairs for BISCO, with a dental degree from Central University of Venezuela and a master's degree in biomaterials from the University of Alabama at Birmingham. Dr. Nunez, it's a pleasure to have you back on the show. Thank you so much for inviting me again, Dr. Klein. It's always a pleasure to do this podcast series with you. Yes, we really enjoy your input, and you've done several in the past. Our sponsor today is Bisco, a phenomenal company, a leader in dental materials, and uh, we encourage you to visit the website at bisco.com. And again, as I mentioned, Dr. Nunez is the manager of clinical affairs for Bisco, and he's been uh, gracious enough to come on our show to answer some questions. So let's begin with what happens when you use selective etch on dentin? Well, selective etch is a technique that requires the etching of the enamel with phosphoric acid, which it's mandatory. It is mandatory in order to achieve proper bond and seal. And on dentin, you don't use phosphoric acid to achieve your etching and your bonding. You use the adhesive. The adhesive could be a self-etching adhesive or a universal bonding agent, either one. Um, but selective etch, the selective etch technique consists of doing that procedure. When you use a universal bonding agent, um, for the most part, you can you you can achieve pretty much the same bond strength whether you etch it with phosphoric acid or you use your bonding agent as you know your etching system. So that's basically what you do with um, selective etch. You don't etch dentin only etch enamel with phosphoric acid and then apply your adhesive and let it self-etch and then bond to your, um, to your dentin. Right, so why would you recommend using a universal adhesive on dentin? Well, that's a great question. That is a great question. So when selective etch became a technique that was you know, being promoted, people started using it, but sometimes it is difficult to keep the etching from getting into the dentin. Um, Self-etching adhesives, um, people like to categorize them into sixth generation and seventh generation. They do not work well on etched dentin. They do not. They have limitations on etched dentin. Bond strength is low. There is a possibility of post-op sensitivity and so on and so forth. Nevertheless, Universal bonding agents, one of the requirements for the product to be considered a universal bonding agent is that it can work, you know, on dentin, whether it's self-etch or total etch. So let's say that by mistake that you make, not on purpose, but you happen to etch a little bit of the dentin, you know, and, you know, you're going to apply a universal bonding agent, that's fine because it will work on that little bit of dentin that you etched, but it will also work on the, all the dentin that you did not etch. That's why I always recommend the use of a universal bonding agent, regardless of the brand, selective etch technique, and a universal bonding agent. So is the bond strength deprecated to some extent, even with a universal adhesive, on the dentin that is accidentally etched with a total etch process? Absolutely not. And that's why one of the requirements that I like to see in any uni- when I whenever a new universal bonding agent comes out to the market from a from a company that is 
somewhat, you know, prestigious, some, you know, it, it, what I like to call serious companies. I will test it in both self-fetch and total edge mode. And that will give me an idea of whether this product is actually a universal bonding agent. So I will take it to the lab and do that. If I see that your bond strength values are similar, regardless of whether they're high or you know medium or low, but if they're similar, I can definitely tell somebody that asked me, hey, does this product work? And I will tell them, yes, as a universal bonding agent, it does because you can achieve similar bond strength on Denton, whether you use it in total edge mode or whether you use it in self-edge mode. So I think that's interesting. Okay, that's a very good point. It's good to be in the lab doing the research, and it's good that you actually do these tests uh, so you can obviously speak with confidence. I mean, that's the key, uh, especially as a lecturer that you are. Um, can you be sure to get a good bond to enamel when using uh, a selective edge technique? Yes, you are going to get the best bond possible because by using selective edge, you're etching enamel with phosphoric acid. And that is probably, the, not probably, that is the only way, the recommended way to bond to enamel is to etch it with phosphoric acid. Whether it's a 32%, 35%, 37%, it doesn't matter. You etch it for 15 to 20 seconds, rinse it, and you're good to go. You apply your bonding agent and you're good to go. If you're going to be doing selective etch, highly recommended to use a universal bonding agent and you're good to go. You're going to achieve the best bond possible to enamel when you do selective edge. So what you're saying, using phosphoric acid on enamel is such a slam dunk when it comes to bond strength. We've, we know that that's not an issue um, as far as predictability. It's not. Right. Yeah, it's a no-brainer. Yes. Yeah. So I wish the dentin was that uh, predictable. So tell us what happens to the smear layer during the self-etch process. Smear layer can be, it's going to be altered and it's going to be included in your bonding, in your bond layer, all right, once you polymerize. So uh, some adhesives are, um, their pH is strong enough to actually dissolve it, and some adhesives will make it more permeable. It all depends. But basically what you're doing, when you use a universal bonding agent and you start scrubbing the dentin, because the instructions for use say scrub the, you know, apply the adhesive and, 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 and scrub it, you know, agitate it. That, what it's doing is, you know, infiltrating that smear layer with that bonding agent in order to have an effect, okay? And usually that scrubbing motion has to go for 10 seconds, 15 seconds, and then you apply another coat without air drying, without lichen, and just another coat to incorporate more adhesive into the system. The second application is actually the application of product that is going to reach that depth. So the first application is to alter that smear layer, and the second application is to get to the dentin, to, to, to where you need to get in order to achieve bond. But you need to do something to it. So what you need to do is apply your adhesive following your manufacturer's instructions in order to alter the smear layer and be able to get to the dentin to achieve bond. If you were talking to, just to wrap up this podcast, if you were talking to a new dentist that's, that's coming out of dental school that has the option to choose any system he wants to use, any product he wants to use, what kind of advice would you give the young dentist uh, when, when either starting their own practice or working in another practice where they're an employee of that dental practice and they're, that employer 
gives them the uh, opportunity and to order what they want? How do they make the right decision on, on the products that they want to use? And I also want you to address the closed system with, with materials, you know, versus the open system where you're mixing and matching stuff. Can you talk about that briefly? Absolutely. So the first thing I will tell a a newly grad or somebody that someone that has been out there for less than five years is to understand that this is when your education actually starts. You know, um, when you go to dental school, they teach you whatever is needed to pass the dental boards, which is fine. It's fair. It's good. And now you have a license. But now it is the time to learn the real stuff. You need to make sure you choose good, you know, solid lectures and, 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 and look for good opportunities to obtain your C credits um, and listen to the people that know what they're talking about. I will definitely recommend, you know, applying a selective edge approach to their everyday bonding. Definitely. Because that is going to provide them with the opportunity of not having to deal with post-op sensitivity that is related to bonding. So to me, that's a huge plus. I wish I had somebody telling me that. I, I truly I, I truly do, but I didn't. I had to learn from my mistakes, which is fine, you know, and, and everybody makes mistakes. Um, closed systems versus um, uh, open systems. If you're doing, if you're using a like your product, such as um, a composite, a restorative material, such as, let's say, Filtex Supreme Ultra, which is a composite from 3M, a very good composite, super nice, handles great, great shape system, polishes, and so on, and, you know, polishes great, you know. But you want to use viscose adhesive, and you want to do a, a, a you know, a selective edge technique and whatnot, you don't need to worry about, you know, mix and match. You can use our adhesive, or Visco adhesive with a 3M product. Or you can use Ivoclar's composite and press direct with the 3M adhesive universal bonding agent and use it in self um, in selective edge technique. The, the product is called Scotch Bond Universal. It doesn't matter. Now, when it comes down to choosing cements and choosing core build-up materials that are dual cure materials, you have to be a little bit more careful because there are issues with incompatibility. And I don't think I have enough time to talk about that. So, but when it comes down to your everyday restorative procedures, you know, drill and fill kind of procedure, your bread and butter, you can definitely use any adhesive that is light cured along with any composite that is light cured. And there is, that you're not going to run with any problems when it comes down to compatibility. They will bond to each other and your restoration will be very, very solid. So. That would be my advice. What is the uh, most popular adhesive products that Bisco sells? Albany Universal is um, our number one sold adhesive. Um, it's a product that uh, has gone through a very thorough research and development process, and we're very proud of it. And it's a great product. And I always like to talk about it, but I also like to talk about other products because they have their thing. They have things where they're really good at, they have other things that they are not so good at, but it's an interesting world and I'm really passionate about bonding. So every time a company comes out with a bonding agent, I wanna test it, I wanna get my hands on it, I wanna see it under the microscope, I wanna see the bond strength. So I can talk whenever I talk in a lecture 
with you know with data in my hand i don't like I, I try not to bash anybody i don't i don't like bashing companies i don't think that's fair i think that's that's just ridiculous but but i do have an opinion so i like to express that opinion yeah no absolutely so um we appreciate all your time on this podcast and we have another one coming up as well i'd like to invite our audience to visit our sponsor's website bisco at bisco.com you can reach um there are technical people over there. I'm sure Dr. Nunez would be happy to answer questions directly as well if you want to reach out to him. You can call, and if you have a question that is related to bonding, we will definitely have an answer for you. It doesn't matter, and actually, it doesn't matter if you have a questions about other companies or other products that are not made by Visco. We will have an answer for you. And yes, sometimes when questions get a little bit out of hand, I chime in and I provide support. Yes. Excellent. Very good. All right. Um, I appreciate very much all your time and we will see you on the next podcast, Dr. Nunez. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for the invitation, Dr. Klein.